this is a wonderful country. And you know, I was also thinking about this. This is a good country because it was founded for the freedom of religion. It was founded so that we could worship Jesus Christ. You go into some of these other countries, like I'm going to use Myanmar, for example, and you've got these gold Buddhist statues that are everywhere. And the majority of the country is Buddhist. And I'm thinking, well, they're oppressed. And there's an oppression there because they're serving the wrong God. They're, they're, they're serving false idols. And they're in bondage. And they're oppressed because they don't know the freedom that's in Jesus Christ. But that bondage then is through the whole country and it's over all the people. Because there's a weight of disobedience. There's a weight of curses that sit upon the people right. and the government right. and the country because they don't worship God. That's right. That's right. And so that's why God will send some of us into those places to bring some of the light Amen. and some of the truth to help the people that are hungry, that have a heart for the truth, to get set free. And what was awesome about being there, because we were there in 2007, we were able to go back, that this time we were able to preach the gospel without being concerned we were going to be thrown in jail. So on the street, on our quote-unquote day off, we led seven people to the Lord just at the market. It was wonderful. It was precious. You know, they've got the, the, the yellowy stuff on their cheeks and, you know, the, all their traditional little things that they do, just precious, precious people. And I looked at these three girls that were in the back of this truck on that day. And sometimes they'll cook in the back of a, like a flatbed truck. And then they try to sell it out of the truck. Beautiful young ladies. Somewhere between their teens and their 20s. Just gorgeous. Beautiful ladies. But they've got all their traditional stuff on. And I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, oh, if you only knew. And, the, and God, I just... You know, and we're all walking because really we didn't go out to go street witnessing. Honestly, this day we went out to go shopping. I just couldn't pass these people by. Right. And, and I'm looking at them in the back of this truck. Now I've really invaded their space because now I'm leaning over into their truck. And, I, and I'm grabbing this one guy. We only had one guy in Myanmar that could translate for us. We had lots of translators in Thailand. I'm, his name was Daniel. I'm like, Daniel, you got to help me. You gotta help me. <laughs> he's like, okay, okay. And he's and I'm so I want you to tell them that I came from halfway around the world to tell them how much God loves them. But he's my God. He's not the God they've been serving. But he sent me here to tell you, to tell them how much he loves them. And I'm almost moved to tears because I can feel the anointing all over me as I'm saying this. You know, why those three girls? Why that truck? We passed other people. I don't know. Must have been just the spirit of God. And so he's translating this. And I said, no. I said, you ask them, do they want to know my God? Come on. And they both sit there and, and he translates. And they all, all three nod like this. And tears are just running down my face as I'm now telling them how much God loves them, how precious they are. And we lead them in a prayer of salvation. And all three of them received Jesus Christ. It was, it was awesome. I've never, ever been in a place where it was so easy to witness and lead people to Christ. Everywhere we went, everywhere we went, they wanted what we knew. They wanted to know about our God. They wanted to know about Jesus. And they were receiving and saying yes. We, we went into the jail, and this one was in um, Chiang Mai, northern Thailand. And I guess the rules are different there. They arranged for us to go in to do a service for these um, young juveniles. So they were boys that were like 13 to 18. 
And so they were waiting to be sentenced for whatever they had done. And we went in to minister to them. We did minister to them. There were 52 in there. 50 raised their hands for salvation. 50 received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, it's possible that every one of them did because I counted. And as I got to the back of the row, it was two in the last two rows. And they may have just gotten tired and put their hand down. I mean, I've never seen so many people so hungry for God. Hallelujah. It was like when we went in there, they were hard. You could tell they were hard, rough boys. By the time we left, their destinies were changed. Their, their, who they were was yeah. changed. Yeah. And Brad just kept sowing into them, you're champions in Christ. You're champions in Christ. Your, your path has changed. Your path is going to be different now. And then two of the workers in that facility got born again while we were there after wow. hearing the message. So this was the kind of fruit that we got. Either they were already saved when we arrived, or they pretty much all wanted Jesus. It was so easy to minister the gospel there. It was wonderful. It was absolutely wonderful. I'm going to share a little bit about that, and I've got some things that I kind of want to teach you and share with you and then have you apply. Then we were in a church called Grace Era in Thailand, and it's an awesome church. We had their pastor here some months ago, Pastor Sari Pond. She did the gospel doll, if you remember her. She's radical evangelist and pastor on fire for God, and she set up part of this trip for us. So I was in her church, and she, um, she asked me that I was doing the adults, and Brad was teaching the kids, and so we were separated. The Lord put it on my heart to teach on words of knowledge. I started to teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and specifically words of knowledge. And before I went, God told me he would demonstrate. I didn't know exactly how he was going to demonstrate or what that meant, but I knew he was going to demonstrate, so I was excited. So I looked forward to that, and I started teaching them on you know, what are words of knowledge? How do you receive them from the Lord? How do you know they're from God? And then how do you give these? I did a whole session of teaching them on this. Then we did a workshop where I had them pray for words of knowledge. And then I was going to have them come up and give the words of knowledge they'd gotten from the Lord. Maybe there were somewhere from, maybe around 70 to 90 people, somewhere in there. I had 30 people respond with words of knowledge. Not one person came up and gave 10. I had 30 different people in the congregation that had never given words of knowledge before come forward with words of knowledge. Up until this point, only the pastor had operated in that and maybe one or two people on the staff, not the whole congregation or, or such a large percentage of the congregation. So one by one, finally, they start coming up. So we're going to do it like a workshop now because I don't want to just teach you and then have you not apply it. I want you to know how to operate and receive these gifts from the Holy Spirit. So one by one, they start coming up. And the first person comes up, and she calls out something, and I think it was pain in somebody's shoulder here. So another lady says, raises her hand and says, okay, that's me. So she comes up. She'd been in a car accident many, many years ago and had severe pain shooting down her back and didn't have full movement of her arm. It was very, very limited. So this girl, this woman that had the word of knowledge turns to me like she's thinking, I'm going to pray for the lady. And I said, no, I'm not going to pray for the lady. You got the word of knowledge from God. God's going to use you. You lay hands on her and you pray for her. And her eyes got big as saucers like, what do you mean, me pray for her? And I'm like, yes. God gave you the word, now you, you pray. Okay. With big, huge eyes, she puts her hands on her, and she prays for her. 
Very simple, very fast prayer. I'm almost kind of thinking to myself, you could leave your hand on her a little bit longer. But I didn't say it out loud, and I'm really glad, okay? So she pulls her hand off, and we say, how do you feel? And she says, all the pain's gone. And then she starts doing her arm, and she can move her arm the full circle, full distance that she hadn't been able to do in years. So that was one. And then I said, okay, who else has a word of knowledge? And then somebody else came up. And then it was one after another, and they all start to look to me to pray. And I said, no, you're going to pray. And so then they laid hands. Out of thir the 30 words, every one of them were accurate, and someone responded to every word, and every person was healed. I, I felt at one point like I was standing there, because I was, watching God. I just would stand there, watch them give the word, watch them pray, and I'm just like, God, you're so great. You're so awesome, just watching. And the fire that that lit in that congregation, I know, I know Brad shared a little bit with you, but he actually wasn't in this room at this time, so I want to share a little bit more. To see the excitement in these people that, wow, God will use me. I can lay hands on the sick and they'll be healed. God can give me a word of knowledge. There's this one woman that she was a taxi cab driver. We had a break session between our afternoon session and our evening session. We had a couple hours off. And so during the break, she went to go drive her taxi to make money. As she got into her taxi, she said, this was through translation, she said she prayed, God, if there's anyone that needs healing, let me feel it in my body. And so that's the way God had worked with her earlier in the day. She actually felt it in her body for a word of knowledge. Instead of hearing the word, she felt it. She gets in her taxi. The first customer gets in, and it's a woman. And she starts to have a headache. And she turns to the customer in the back seat, and she says, do you have a headache? And the lady says, how do you know? She said, well, God's revealed that to me. And now I had taught them that you could use words of knowledge to be associated or to lead people into healing, to pray for their healing. But I also showed him about Jesus with the woman at the well, how he used it to kind of point her to salvation. But you can also use a word of knowledge to point him to salvation. So somehow in her mind, I guess, she's still associating this with salvation. So she doesn't even pray for the person to be healed. She leads them in a prayer of salvation, and they receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and got healed at the same time. So they were totally healed. Then, then three people get into her taxi next, and she starts to feel some pain in her back. So she turns around and she says, do any of you have pain in your back? And one says, yes, I, I, I have that. And she says, oh, okay, well, God's revealed that to me, so can I pray for you? So she leads these three now in a prayer of salvation. She gets them saved, and the back's healed. So she does this with five different people that got into her taxi. She gets five different words of knowledge and leads five people to the Lord. There was another young woman that had only been saved for two months. She heard the teaching, and after hearing the teaching, she realized that the day before, now get this, this is interesting, God can work like this. The day before the teaching, she had back pain, and she knows somebody that has a back problem. So now as I'm teaching, she's thinking, well, maybe that was a word of knowledge yesterday, and I just didn't know what it was. So during the break, she goes and prays for the person that had the back problem, and the person gets healed. The day before, even the teaching. Praise God. Yeah. It was incredible. Then the Sunday following up on this, there were people that came from different churches, 
And we hear that from one of the other churches that somebody went to, there was a woman that had been in there that had stand, stood in a government line waiting to have some paperwork addressed, some situation. And she's standing there. She has to go to the bathroom really bad, she realizes. And as she's thinking about it, she's thinking, you know, this is so bad, I'm going to have to lose my place in line. I don't want to lose my place in line. She thinks, you know, maybe, maybe all this cramping, maybe what I'm feeling, maybe this is a word of knowledge. So she turns to the person behind her in line and says, you having stomach problems? And they're like, yeah, how did you know? She prays for them, they get healed. Little bit of time goes by, she starts having it again. So now she's a little bolder, so she opens up to this whole line of all these people waiting to go through this government line. She says, does anybody in here have any stomach problems? And this one person says, yeah, I do. I had surgery a while ago at, for tumors, and it wasn't effective, and I'm still in pain. So she lay hands on them, prays for them, and all pain leaves them, and they're healed. Mm. That was somebody that was in another church. It was incredible. So now it's Sunday, and I'm back in this church, and I'm teaching again on Sunday, and we're kind of trying to encourage everybody to keep flowing in the words of knowledge. We asked, does anybody have any more words? And then this one lady, and it's the one that had only been born again for two months, says she feels a headache. And she'd been accurate before. So, okay, the pastor's up there with me at this point, and we're asking, okay, does anybody have a headache? And nobody responds. I might have just let that go, but she's really persistent, and so she just is on it. She's like a dog on a bone. She's not going to let go of this thing. And so she says, okay, I'm going to ask again, who in here has a headache? Nobody responds. Third time, who in here has a headache? Nobody responds. Pastor says, you know what? It must just be for somebody that hasn't arrived yet. This was the very beginning of service. She says that within three minutes, only one person walks into the room late. And it was a man. And it was his second time to be at their church. And he goes and he sits down in the same row as the girl that had had that word. And when he comes to sit in, many people around him turn to him and go, do you have a headache? Do you have a headache? And he's like, how do you know? How do you know? He's the one that had the headache. And so he stands up and he comes forward. And we get the girl that had the word. She comes forward. And she lays her hand on him on one side and prays for him. And we ask, how do you feel afterwards? And he says, well, it's all gone on this side, but I still have it on this side. And so we say, okay, well, lay your hands on both sides of his head. Pray for him again. And so she prays for him again, and it totally goes away. This was his second time there. It was just, just seeing what God did and how God demonstrated his word. Every word was accurate. Every person got healed. It was incredible. That was fun. Now, I want to tell you about another place we went, another church we went in Myanmar. And then I'm going to share about that experience. And then we're going to take some of what I experienced there. And I want to teach you about it, talk to you about it, and then get you to apply some of the things that I learned from there. That's Thailand. We're in a radical church in Thailand. They're, they were so hungry for the word of God and for the words of knowledge, it was easy to teach. Then we get to Myanmar, and we're at an, it's an orphanage and a church. And he's now taken in even a whole bunch of adults of the tribes people from around the country that don't have any money and don't have anywhere to live. So it's not just even orphans, it's now adults. And so they come in and the, it's so oppressive that my first question is, I wonder if they're all born again. So a lot of them are kind of new to him, new to this area. So I ask, are you all born again? Well, pretty much every hand goes up in the room. So I'm like, okay, so they don't need to be born again. But I still feel this weight. 
this heaviness. And when I'm trying to teach, I'm trying to get the words to come out of my mouth, it felt like I had to push every word to get it to come out. Now, I know I'm with God, and yet it, was, it didn't feel real strong while I'm in there and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Why is it so oppressive in here? I have to kind of push through and keep teaching anyway. As I'm praying, God, what is this? What is this? What's going on? Well, one of the people from our team had gotten a word that God wanted to break curses. And it was over Myanmar. It wasn't for Thailand. It was Myanmar. During the break, we start talking to the pastor about what's going on with the people. You know, you know talk to us. Tell us what's going on here. And he tells us that they were devil worshipers. I'm thinking, devil worshipers? I mean, what do you mean devil worshipers? You mean like the Buddha? And he's like, no, not the Buddha, because these are tribes people. So kind of a little bit like maybe the Native American Indian. And he said, no, these people have called up spirits. So they call on demonic spirits direct. And I'm like, oh. Like, okay, well, no wonder why it's so oppressive in here and I'm having such a hard time teaching. Now listen, this is what I want you to get. They were all born again. They were all born again. They were Christians. Yet still there was this weighty oppression. And they're all really poor. Weighty, weighty oppression. We have some of the other team members come up and we lead them through scripture, showing them that curses can come upon you when there's generational sin going back to the third and fourth generation. Now, I'm going to show you in the Word about this in a little bit. In Galatians, it says that Jesus Christ became a curse for us, that he redeemed us from the curse, that he took on the consequences of the curse so that the curse can't come upon us. So we kind of look at that and we think, well, then that's automatic for Christians. Jesus already took this from me. But the reality is it must be appropriated. We must know that he took the curses so that he's got them so that we don't have them. Otherwise, the sins of the past generations, listen, your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, or your great-great-grandparents, whatever they've entered into, the scripture says the consequences of the sin comes upon you. So we explain this to them, and then we go in and we talk to them about, about the different sins. Idol worship, worshiping another god, fornication, adultery, not financially giving to the Lord. We just go through all these, and that the consequences can be sickness in the body. It can be poverty, and we go over and we start explaining some of these things and asking, do any of you have any of this in your family line? Or have you struggled with this yourself? Or you, you, know, you saw your parents or your grandparents struggling with this. And their hands just start going up like this. So we lead them in a prayer of repentance where they repent for their sins and the sins of their ancestors. So their parents, their grandparents, great-grandparents. I just want to share with you how powerful this experience was. I'm standing up in the front. I'm standing up over on the side. And as they start repenting for these sins, and then we start breaking the curses over them, I literally felt a wall of darkness come against me. And I put my hands up like this. It, I, I've never, well, I've felt some strong stuff before, but corporately in a church setting where they're all born again, it was incredible to me the power encounter I experienced in this congregation. It, it was like, the light of God and darkness. It was strong.
He commanded all curses to be broken off of them and to leave them in the name of Jesus Christ. And we did that, and that was our break for that day. Then we came back the next morning to teach again, and again I was first up, and I stood up there to teach, and as I started to teach, it was this living water flow of God that was so easy to minister and teach. I was able to teach them on tithing. They'd asked me to teach on that, on what faith is, on how faith comes, on how to get your faith to work. It was such an anointed flow. I turned to the pastor, and I, I said, do you sense a difference? And he says, he said, this is great. This is so wonderful. He said, I, I, I haven't had it like this before. I said, so when you minister in here, has it always been really that hard and that oppressive where you feel like you're having to push your words out? He says, yes, it is always like that. He said, I can tell even now in translating how much stronger the anointing is and the presence of God. And he's just lit up. He's so excited. And I'm like, well, you're going to have fun now because that was fun. Trying to push the words out when you're, you know you're having to resist darkness and blocks and oppression. It's a spiritual battle. So now we've got the Spirit of God has just delivered these people and there's this freedom and this hunger for the Word. And it was easy to minister. It was a very, very interesting experience. Because a lot of times that scripture in Galatians, we think it's automatic that automatically Christ has become a curse for us so that the consequence of sin, which brings curses, sickness, poverty, spiritual death, that those things don't come upon us because of what Jesus did for us. But again, we must appropriate that. We must receive that. So I want to walk you through some of these things and have you pray out some of this stuff. Let me just kind of go over some things. You don't have to raise your hand, but I just want you to think through. If in your family line you see that there's divorce, sometimes somebody will get a divorce, and then the next generation they get divorced, one kid gets divorced, or both kids get divorced three times. It's a generational curse. Let's just say somebody gets cancer, then the next generation gets cancer also. When you go into the doctor, they'll have you fill out forms. What's the history of your family in terms of sickness? Well, even medical science has realized that there's a connection there. That's why they're asking, what's the family history? What I want to do today is show you that even if any of that stuff is in your background, you can break that today. We're going to break that today. And if you have done anything that you don't want to be passed on to your kids, we're going to break that today. Now, if you grew up in a Christian household and your parents were Christian, you've always walked right and walked with the Lord and there's no sickness and no poverty, well, praise the Lord and celebrate. You've left a great inheritance. But sometimes we, we receive stuff that's not so good, but we can do something about it and we can break the curses that come with the sin of disobedience. God does not send curses on us. God blesses us. But what happens is when we don't obey the word of God, we walk outside of God's covering and God's protection. When we walk outside of his covering and his protection, we then open ourselves up to the operation of the enemy where the devil has access to us. You track with me in that? You hear what I'm saying? I sometimes talk about it like this. It's like an umbrella. The umbrella is your protection from God. If you stay under the umbrella, you stay dry and you're protected. 
The umbrella is obedience. It's staying in the word of God. It's obeying and doing things the way God says to do them. And as soon as you decide, well, I don't want to do that, somebody decides they want to have sex before marriage, they out, walk outside of the umbrella, you're no longer covered by the protection of God. That's why we have sexually transmitted diseases. That's why people get pregnant out of wedlock. Stuff happens that's not supposed to happen, but God doesn't cause it. It's you open yourself up to the devil. Okay, do you understand what I'm saying? So what I want to do is let's find if there are any of those gaps in your heritage, and let's break them, let's cut them off, and get you back under the umbrella of God, that protection of God, where you're blessed and the blessings are flowing to you. So I'll throw some things out. Addiction, adultery, fornication, rage, murder, cursing father and mother, using the Lord's name in vain. All these things open you up to curses. Not tithing, not opening up the finances the way God tells you to, affects the flow of prosperity in your life. So this kind of gives you an idea. Then I'm going to share this with you to give you another illustration. Then we're going to look at, at, at Scripture, and then I'm going to pray over you. For example, I know of two cases personally where somebody adopted a young girl, precious, beautiful little girl. And when she hit 15, she got pregnant out of wedlock. She was in a, what seemed to be a nice home. It wasn't really Christian, but it seemed to be a nice home. And she got pregnant out of wedlock at about age 15. Her birth mother had done the same thing. She repeated the cycle. Then not only that, then she discovered she could put the baby up for adoption, and she saw how much money she could make from it, and then she kept doing it. So she realized now that she was going to live off of the system of getting pregnant and having babies and putting them up for adoption that give her the money to keep going. That was just one family. She, without knowing it, repeated the same sin cycle that her own birth mother had, even though she was put into and raised then in a good home. Now, there's another person I know of that did the same thing. It was around age 15, 16, was in a good home, had sex out of wedlock, got pregnant, the parents helped her go somewhere where she could have the baby in private, and then they put the baby up for adoption. And then some years later, that baby grows up, is an adult, and comes to find the birth mother, and does find the birth mother, who's now married and with her own children, finds the birth mother, and they reunite. And do you know what that girl had done? So the one that was given up for adoption, when she got to the age 15 or 16, had a baby out of wedlock. So when she comes to visit her real birth mother, she comes with a baby. She's not married. Repeated the same sin cycle. So can you see the cycles here repeating themselves? So we want to break these. And I'm telling you, after what I experienced in Myanmar, whoo, there was power in this. There was such power in this. Now, granted, what they were doing was devil worship. They were calling on evil spirits, and that's bad. I don't know that you can get much worse than that. We can still break these curses off so that the presence of God can come in a stronger measure to us corporately as a church, but also to us individually, to your life. If there's any areas where you just, why am I hindered in this area? I keep trying to do good. I keep trying to do right. What is the deal with this? As I mentioned some of those areas, you just kind of think back. Think about what have you struggled with? What have you seen your parents struggle with? Or your grandparents? Now, you may not even know going further than that. Just be thinking on that. 
and then let's look at a couple scriptures, and then I'm going to lead you in some prayer. So Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. It says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now notice this. Jesus took it for a reason, and verse 14 is going to tell us the reason. Jesus took the curse so that in verse 14, in order that in Jesus Christ, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we may receive the Holy Spirit, we receive that promise, but we're also supposed to receive the blessing of Abraham. Well, some of the blessings of Abraham was that he was very wealthy in livestock, in riches, in gold, in silver. That's what the scripture says. The blessing of Abraham to come on the Gentiles. The blessing of Abraham is supposed to be on you. You should be blessed financially. You should be prospering financially, not barely getting by, not barely making it. That blessing is supposed to be there. But in verse 14, it says that they would come on you. In the New American Standard, it says that the blessing of Abraham might come on you, meaning it might come on you, but it might not if you don't know how to appropriate it. So what I want to work with you today on is to teach you how to appropriate this, how to break those curses off of your family heritage so that the blessing of Abraham will come upon you and will increase on you. I'm going to skip, actually, to another verse. 2 Corinthians 8, 9, it says, Jesus Christ was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Again, we see that word might there. You might become rich. Jesus already took the penalty, and he wants you to become rich. But it's a might. It's not an automatic. I want to get the might to be fulfilled in your life. Now, I'm not talking about we're going to be billionaires, but I'm talking about having an abundance for every good deed, that when God puts it on your heart to feed the poor, to do good things, to make sure all your bills are paid, that there's no debt, this is rich. This is rich in Christ. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. So we see this again. This is another blessing that might come upon us. We might die to sin and live to righteousness and be healed by the wounds that he took. Is it automatic? The answer is no. This is not automatic. We know that it's God's will that no man should perish, yet people do perish. But it's not God's will. So sometimes things happen that are not God's will. But it is God's will for you to be blessed, for you to prosper, for you to be healthy in your body, for you to have the fullness of life. Okay, so let's go look at this. I want you to turn with me to Exodus Chapter 20, verse 5. I want you to see this in the Word of God for yourself. Exodus 25. Well, here we see the Ten Commandments. I'm going to read verse 5, and then we'll skim over the others. It says, You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. And then in the commandments, we see not to make idols, which really we don't seem to have a problem with that here. 
unless somebody puts money before God. The third commandment in verse 7 says, you're not to take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will, listen, the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Verse 9, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. And he says to rest. Verse 12, honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Verse 13, you shall not murder. 14, you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, when the New Testament talks about, about adultery, Jesus said to even look on a woman with lust, you've committed adultery already in your heart. So that goes for pornography. It goes for all those sexual stuff on TV shows late at night that are inappropriate. To even look on a woman with lust in your heart, you've committed adultery. That's what Jesus said in the New Testament. Okay, so we can look at this and we can see, okay, this then, when somebody doesn't keep the law, it can, it, the consequences can go to the third and fourth generation. Wow. You mean something could happen to me because of something that my great-grandparents did? Yes. And no, because of what Jesus Christ did in the New Testament, what's written for us in the New Testament, is that he broke the curses taking them on himself. But we now need to appropriate that to our own personal life so that those are broken. It said that it might, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. What we want to do today is get the might to happen. Get it to happen today. We want the blessing of Abraham coming upon us so that our bodies are healthy, so that we're prospering the way that the Lord wants us to, so that we're living a full healthy, satisfied life in his blessings. If you want to look at this more, you can look into Deuteronomy chapter 27 and 28. And in it, it goes into detail listing all the curses for disobedience. You can sum them up into poverty and into sickness. And this, it's these curses will come upon you if you don't keep my commandments. But then he goes on to say, and the blessings will come upon you, and the blessings will overtake you if you love me and if you walk in my statutes. In other words, if you obey me, the blessings will overtake you. That's God's will, for the blessings to overtake us. Now, if you're thinking, uh-oh, well, I've blown it. I mean, forget about my grandparents. I mean, I myself have blown it. That's where the forgiveness comes in through Jesus Christ. That's where the blood of Jesus comes in so that you can be forgiven. That stuff is broken off of you. Mental illness runs in the family. That stuff can be broken off. That's a curse that can be broken off. What we want to do is take a look at this and break those things off of us now. Deuteronomy chapter 27 and 28 tells you about the blessings. And in verse 28 it says that, that there will even be signs on you where it will be evident as to whether or not you walked in the way of the Lord or you didn't. It, there will be signs on you. In Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 61, it says every sickness that's not even written in the book can come upon you if you don't obey the Lord. But Galatians 3.13 and Jesus Christ is our hope. And it says that he became a curse for us, that he took it for us that the blessing of Abraham might come on us. Today is the day of might. Today is the day. 
What I saw in Myanmar in praying over those people and breaking generational curses over them was so powerful that I've been thinking on it since I've been back. And so I want to walk you through some prayer to break off any and every generational curse over you and your family line. It stops with you. And we're going to break it off of your children too. Okay? So that's what I want to do. So go ahead and let's stand. And we're going to now put this into practice and we're going to do this. And I'm going to pray for you. But I want you to pray things out yourself. Nobody, your neighbor doesn't, isn't interested in your business. They've got their own business. So what I want you to do is very quietly under your breath, if there are things that you know, if somebody was an alcoholic and that's been passed on, somebody had just major addiction to drugs and that's been passed on. And so sometimes it doesn't manifest in you in the area it manifested in them. It'll try to manifest in a different way. So we're going to break off addiction. We're going to break these things off. If you want to be faithful and you haven't been faithful and you're thinking, geez, I want to be faithful. How come I haven't been faithful? Why don't I have control over my thoughts better than I do? Why do I keep going back to that pornography? We're going to break that off today. We're going to break off every curse in the name of Jesus Christ by faith today right now so that the blessing of Abraham will come upon you today. So that the blessing of health and healing to your body comes on you today. Any areas that your body has struggled with where you know it's not quite right, let's go after that today. Anything that you know that your parents, your grandparents struggled with physically, physical sicknesses, here's another one, premature death, dying young. That's a curse, not a blessing. Go after all of it. I don't know all of your stuff. I can just call out some of it. So I'm going to do some corporate prayer. But then I want you to pray out specifically the things that you know you need to pray out over your family line, okay? So, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you that Jesus became a curse for us so that anywhere where we didn't walk in the law perfectly or our ancestors didn't walk in the law perfectly, we know we are under the New Testament, we're under grace, and that, that, that our new law, Father, is that we're to walk in the law of love and love our neighbor, and then we've fulfilled all the law. And if we do that, though, then we haven't committed uh, breaking any of the Ten Commandments. Father God, for anywhere we haven't been perfect, we ask now for every one of those curses to be broken off of our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, I break every curse off of your body physically, every curse of sickness and infirmity, every curse of disease, every generational uh, sickness that's been passed down, high blood pressure, I break it off in the name of Jesus. Gout, I break it off in the name of Jesus. Diabetes, I break it off in the name of Jesus. I say, no, these are the children of the living God. Jesus Christ became a curse for us. He took the consequences of sin on the cross by becoming that curse so that it would not, could not come upon us. We thank you, Father God, that we have what Jesus uh, got for us, and we're now appropriating that in our lives. I break it off of our parents, off of our grandparents. I break it off of our children. I break off every curse in Jesus' name that comes through infirmity. Every curse broken off of our family line. We say no more in Jesus' name. A new bloodline, that of Jesus Christ, where Jesus took the curse and we appropriate it 
so that it cannot come on us. We sever it in Jesus' name. And Father God, right now, we appropriate the blessing of financial provision. We appropriate the blessing of prosperity. Because you said in Deuteronomy that you'd bless us if we obeyed you. And so, Father God, I declare that we do obey you. We have obeyed you. Anywhere where we haven't, we've repented. We make that right now in Jesus' name. And we ask that Jesus Christ, because he took the curse on the cross for us, that that curse of poverty and of lack, Ushnamandi, is broken in Jesus' name. We break that, we sever that in Jesus' name. Severed in Jesus' name. Every business deal that you've tried to do that hasn't worked, it's a curse. And I break the power of the curse because somebody functioned in greed and wouldn't give and wasn't giving and they hoarded money and so they ended up losing it. And so today that's broken in Jesus' name. And I speak prosperity in the, in the, in the areas of business. That what, that what the Word of God says shall come to pass for you, that everything that you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name. And your mamba bame idiokotoda oshna sadia katada ashna. And your mande idiokotoda oshna sadi katada ashna. And you may idiokotoda oshna sadi katada ashna. And you may idiokotoda oshna. And mamba bamba de idiokotada ashna. And I go after any false religions in your background. If you uh, do, <laughs> did not have, ooh, yeah, if you did not have a Christian background, a Christian heritage, whatever religion it was, whatever religion, we sever that now in the name of Jesus Christ. We sever that, and that's not your inheritance. We cut it off in the name of Jesus. We break the power of every one of those curses that would come from uh, worshiping other gods, being in other religions. It's severed in Jesus' name. I cut off Mormonism in Jesus' name. Jehovah's Witnesses in Jesus' name. Idolatry in Jesus' name. I break the power of every one of those curses in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father. Pray, Father, that you're showing every person in here what they need to speak out, what they need to break off, and that they use their authority in the name of Jesus Christ to sever this once and for all so that we can walk in the fullness that you've intended for us. No more struggling. No more hardship. Okay, bankruptcy. In the name of Jesus Christ, anybody that's declared bankruptcy and didn't pay off debt. So go ahead and repent for that if you've done that. Lawsuits. If you filed one lawsuit after another, repent. Because the Bible says you shouldn't sue. That's the word of God. Repent and then make it right. Make it right. So, 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 Father God, I pray for even where there was bankruptcy, that we sever off that curse in the name of Jesus Christ. We call that cut off in Jesus' name. And we speak a flow of financial uh, prosperity, a flow of financial blessing now in Jesus' name. Okay, and I'm getting something else. Anybody that's been ripped off by inheritance, and there was an inheritance that was supposed to be given to you, but it didn't come. Something happened. Somebody stole it. It got just um, eaten up by wrong means. We, I sever that in the name of Jesus Christ. I sever that curse in the name of Jesus. The Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So we break those curses off in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Wow. 
this is interesting. I just, this is for the men. Men, go ahead and put your hands up. Father God, these men come before you, and I ask for finances to flow to them right now. I ask for your, yeah, oh yeah, here it comes. Here it comes. The word of the Lord says that wealth and riches will be in your household. Wealth and riches will be in the household of the righteous. That's what the word of the Lord says. Wealth and riches will be in the household of the righteous. And the Lord says to you today that he wants you to leave an inheritance for your children's children. So the way things have gone in the past with past mistakes over business situations is gone, it's severed, and this is now new for you. There's new. So don't, see, don't now let past mistakes hinder you from making business decisions in the future. But go with a clean slate because the Lord says it's new. Now it's new. What you put your hand to will prosper. The curses have been removed. The mistakes have been forgiven. The sins have been forgiven. And it's new. And God wants to flood you with wealth to flood it to your children. He wants a flow that the, uh, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. You are righteous. I want you to say right now, I am righteous. Father God, I ask for that blessing, that flow, to come to me now in Jesus' name. Yeah, just receive. Just, stay, just stand there and just receive a little bit longer. There you go. There you go. There you go. Krishnamande, glory. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah, he's doing it right now. He's pouring out on you. Even plans and strategies of a sibling to rip you off of your inheritance... Right now, the Lord says he's changing that. He's changing that. Somebody that would have been left in charge of the estate and would have funneled money inappropriately, the Lord's going to change that to bless you. Okay, and there's somebody else that got get cut off because they became a Christian. And so the, the, you were threatened that, that, that they weren't going to leave anything to you because you became a born-again Christian. And the Lord says it may not come from that source. But he'll bring you double from another source. He'll bring you double from another source. Anywhere where you've been persecuted because of the name of Jesus Christ, he will flow to you beyond what would have come naturally the other way. Father, we thank you for this. Now I'm going to have everybody repeat some things after me. You can put your hands down if you want to. Um, go ahead. You can actually sit if you're more comfortable sitting. Sit. If you want to stand, stand, however you're comfortable. Let's do this. I'm going to have you continue appropriating this message by things that you speak out. Confession is very powerful. The way that we get saved is by believing and confessing Jesus as Lord. The way we walk into most of the promises and the blessings of God. So I'm going to have you confess some things. Father God, Father God I, believe I believe all curses are broken over my life and my family lineage. I am blessed. My children are blessed. My body is blessed. My finances are blessed. My spiritual life is blessed. So I receive now, Father, what you said would come upon me because of what Jesus took, all the blessings of Abraham. I ask them to come on me now in Jesus' name. And I ask for that health to come upon me in Jesus' name. 
And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.